Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to a special edition of BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am your host today, Joey Dees, because Vicky and BJ are on assignment. Today we have a special interview with Gareth Von Kallenbach because the Star Wars celebration happened a week ago and we have a lot to catch up on so many things Star Wars, movies, games, and of course TV shows. So without a further ado, I think I'm just going to roll right into this interview with Gareth because we have a lot to talk about. With us today is Gareth Von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. Gareth, we have one thing to talk about today because the Star Wars Celebration released so much information. We got to talk all things Star Wars. What happened and what did you like to see? Well, there was a lot of stuff. You know, some of it was uh, off to the side, kind of like speculation, political maneuverings and stuff as they wrapped it up. But let's focus right now on the uh, opening stuff. And that was right out of the bat. They came out and they announced three new movies. Uh, As we had speculated in the past, we'd been hearing that three movies would be announced, that they would not be um, uh, a trilogy. And that was the case. But the funny thing is, if you scratch below uh, the surface a bit, you kind of get that, huh, aspect to it. And by that, it's no secret that there's a little bit of a wait-and-see approach in terms of Star Wars movies in that we have seen things announced that never came to fruition. Case in point, Rogue Squadron. Case in point, the Ryan Johnson trilogy. The Tiki Watiki film. The uh, bit that we've heard, like, oh, Colin Trevorrow's going to direct uh, the final film of the prequels, and oh, he left over creative differences, and oh, these guys are directing Solo, and oh, they're out, and this guy's in here. So, uh, and let's not even forget the whole thing about the guys who were behind Game of Thrones were supposed to be doing something. And so they announced three films, but we get no titles, none of this. We get the directors, and uh, so, you know, that's intriguing. Now, the first one that's supposed to get some kind of traction is what we've been told is the furthest along. They're kind of aiming for a 2025 release, and it involves uh, post uh, Rise of Skywalker, where Rey is now a Jedi Master, and she's rebuilding the Jedi Order. So we're going to get Daisy Ridley and John Boyega back then. Not Boyega, just Ridley. Oh, wow. Exactly. And it's kind of interesting, because Boyega said a few weeks ago, I can kind of just enjoy things as a fan now. And we had heard after Ridley said, "Uh, you know, I'm done with it, I'm done with it. There were rumors that she was kind of warming up to it. And it's an interesting idea, but, you know, I've had people come and say, well, I don't think at the end of Rise of Skywalker, too many people were saying, I wonder what happened next. And what kind of makes me concerned is that they've announced this film, but then they've also admitted, well, the script's not done yet. Oh, boy. Yeah, and that's kind of like, right, haven't we gone down this path before announcing films, the script wasn't ready, and then all of a sudden the director takes off or leaves for whatever reason, and the project gets shelved or, you know, abandoned and whatever. And so that is what makes me a little nervous, is that they announced these three films. To the best of my knowledge, not a single one of them 
has a completed script yet. But, you know, I guess you could say they feel comfortable enough with where they are to announce them. The second film, uh, you know, again, may not even be the second one out, but they've said the other ones like, well, Rogue Squadron's not officially dead. It's just, you know, on the back burner, and Tiki's doing his thing, uh, so that may still happen. And Ryan Johnson's trilogy, well, that may still happen, but he's busy with his other projects. Now, the one that is intriguing is one of these has to do with James Mangold, who is the director of the upcoming Indiana Jones film. And this one is, is one of those you look at it and go, that could be really, really interesting in that it's supposedly set 25,000 years in the past about the very first person or beings who manifested force abilities. So essentially, it's kind of like the rise of the Jedi Order and how that was all founded. And, you know, that was very intriguing. And then there was a third film, and we just didn't get a lot of details on that one. But it's like, all right, you know, you've got one that supposedly set what we've been hearing is that this one set after Return of the Jedi and may tie in with The Mandalorian. You have one set 25,000 years in the past that is to deal with their first Force users, and then you have one dealing with Rey and the, uh, you know, New Jedi Order. And supposedly the only other thing is Lucas has said the big mandate is they want to make the films the big events that they used to be in the past again. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see that myself, but to see that they don't have a script especially after the storyboards didn't seem complete on the last three movies. I mean, I mean, no, they're only doing one or at least one in that series. You know, they're not going, they're going essentially to 10 now and then there'll be, you know, one in the uh, past and then one that'll tie in with hopefully the Mandalorian, which is a smart idea, but I don't know if I'm too confident. 2025 is right around the corner. Correct. You know, and you know, it may be a simple case of the script's pretty much done. They're doing some rewrites on it. They're fine with the direction, that that being said. I mean, let's remember, it is not unusual for Hollywood blockbusters to go before the cameras while the script is still being worked on. That happens, and they revise them. I mean, we've heard stories like some of the Fast and Furious films, which, I mean, obviously the focus is not on the scripting. Uh, but, you know, it happens. It's just my thing is there's a potential credibility issue in that, there have been multiple projects announced or multiple directors announced in the past that never came to be or had changes at the 11th hour or somewhere in the production process. And, you know, my thing is you got to kind of have a locked in script and a director and let's start filming, you know, don't at least give us a window to say, this is this, this is that we are going to start filming, uh, you know, late 2024. Exactly. Don't say, well, you know, we're shooting for this. And it. I, I really hate to sound like a pessimist, but it almost, for a part of me, felt like you had to come out on stage with something. You couldn't come out and say, oh, you know, we're working on it. We'll let you know. And it was like, hey, you know, all these other things we announced? Well, they're off to the side. Here's the three that we're pretty confident are going to move forward. And, you know, again, it just comes down to a credibility issue going, not only did you announce Patty Jenkins at a Rogue Squadron film, she shot a promo in a flight suit out on a flight line 
talking the thing up. <laughs> yes, I remember that. And then we heard script issues. You know, it's like I, I, you really can't afford to be putting the cart before the horse. You better be darn sure these things are going to be ready to go. Yeah, I completely agree. And I mean, it kind of seems like the best of a bad batch. Shout out to the bad batch. Uh, but, you know, I do think that the, at least the ideas of where they're going with the movies is smart. You know, I don't I don't think we need another trilogy. They tried to redo the New Hope trilogy and it didn't go so well. So back in the past, Ridley in the future, and then a little bit with the Mandalorian tie-in. I think that'll be a good one, two, three. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, I'll probably see the Star Wars movies anyways. I end up loving them. They're an adventure, and the CGI budget's always so high that, you know, it doesn't matter. But uh, until then, Gareth, we'll have to just hope that they don't get canceled in the future. But we did get at oh, least exactly. news for one Star Wars game that came out, and everyone loves this uh, uh, brand. Uh, what did you think of the, uh, the was it the Jedi Order? Yeah, Jedi uh, Survivor, the sequel to Fallen Order. It yes. was... Uh, it was interesting because, you, you know, I think at times it was almost anticlimactic because there was so much news on the television side of things, and I think that kind of overshadowed a lot of other stuff. Uh, they, You know, uh, we all know the game's coming. We all know the game's close. We had speculated that part of the reason for the delay was not just to polish it up, but it allowed them to showcase of the Star Wars celebration before release, and it appears that. I mean, they, they've got the game, we got a new gameplay trailer, and then we hear it's going to take up 155 gigabytes of hard drive space Ooh. on a PC. And, you know, I told my son that, who's playing it on a console, and he's like, you know, every single time a new game comes out, I've got to erase something off the other hard drive, off the hard drive, or stick stuff on backup drives, just to have enough space to play these new things. He's like, you know, it's getting insane here. I feel his pain. Yeah, I mean, when you consider it, um, I, I want to say if my memory is correct, it's about 100 gigs larger than the previous game was. Man, that's... And this is just initial install, not patches, DLC, any of that stuff. Will it be 100 gigs better? I sure hope so. Yeah, well, you got to think, you know, it, it's like... It's kind of like when they took the old games and they would remaster them, but not change the graphics. They just make them playable. And you would sit there and say, all right, you've not changed the graphics. You've not changed any new content. All you did was make it playable for the newer processors. Why is it taking up five times the hard drive space for the old one? And someone said, well, it's because developers get lazy. It's the case of they, <laughs> they look and see what the hardware specs are. And it's like, well, people have bigger hard drives now. There's no reason to compress this stuff or... And there you have it. Yeah, that's always tends to be the case. I've had that problem with Call of Duty and their patches sometimes, so it's not unusual. Absolutely. Well, uh, that game I'm sure will be great. I mean, the first one was so awesome, and I know people are really looking forward to it. That has been one of the fun Star Wars games that I've enjoyed recently, unlike, uh, what was it, Battlefront with all their pay-to-win stuff. That was not oh, so geez. great. <laughs> uh, but no, you, it was not. You did mention, Gareth, that the, the big news was the TV stuff because, man, The Mandalorian has been going back and forth. People didn't like the season, but these last episode I heard was just maybe the best in the series. What do we get from Star Wars in the television universe? Okay, so basically we've got, we know that uh, it, uh, another season of The Mandalorian is in the planning stages. And what is very interesting is... Dave Filani, who is very well associated with the animated side of things, Rebels, uh, The Bad Batch, 
and um, uh, Clone Wars has been doing a little more live action stuff. They've announced that the next season of The Bad Batch is going to be the finale. They are wrapping it up. And it makes sense because Filani is supposedly tapped to be directing uh, the live action film. Ironically, the one that might be tied into The Mandalorian. So you can see there is a bit of a, a window that maybe he's stepping away from an animation project so he can spend the time on the film and then maybe in the future jump back into it. We know that there's a Young Jedi series. We know that there's Skeleton Crew. We know that uh, Visions, the one with the Japanese-style animation, is very shortly going to be getting a new season. But what was really interesting is we got a little bit of Andor. We know that they're filming away for the new season. It's going to be coming next year. But we got a look at Ahsoka, and we got a look at the new series, The Acolyte, which is set before in the early days of the old republic and people are very intrigued we got a very nice trailer for ahsoka very early in the project with rosario dawson and the live action versions of you know characters from rebels like sabine and hera and you get to see chopper and of course ezra's coming back so uh we've already seen uh you know zev in the mandalorian so you can see that there's this exciting part where they're going from the animation part to live action versions of these characters and everyone's really excited about the storyline so they seem to be very set for the future of live action and so uh television series so we're really hoping for good things yeah, I was going to say, Andor was my favorite Star Wars uh, product they put on the Disney Plus so far, but that Ahsoka trailer really had me excited. I mean, I know we've got the Darksaber and Mandalorian, but it's been a while since we've seen, you know, Obi-Wan tried with some uh, saber fights with Vader, but Ahsoka really seems like it's going to lean into the Jedi, lean into a little bit of the politics, and get some good fights going on. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's funny that you mentioned politics, too, because believe it or not, that actually became a bit of an issue around uh, Star Wars Celebration, believe it or not. Oh, what happened? And, well, as you know, the event changes locations for each show. They, you know, some of the early days were in Indianapolis and Denver, but generally you had have a lot in Orlando. You've had a couple in Anaheim, a few in Anaheim. Uh, they had one in Chicago, and then they've had a couple in London. So as the ceremony winds down, they announced where the next one is going to be and when it's going to be. It was widely, by many people I talked to, said, oh, it's going back to Orlando. This is where they've done the majority of the shows. And then they announced it's going to be in Japan in 2025. Oh, wow. That, that is and, quite a jump. <laughs> it is. And then somebody said, wow, you know, what, what's going on here? And people said, well, you know. that." And then somebody brought up something, and I said, I think that's it. They said, Let's not forget the political fighting that's going on in Florida right now between the governor and Disney. Oh. And there is, you know, there is some real, real bad blood there between, you know, various motivations, political retribution, call it what you will. And there's a lot of people saying this is Disney saying, if you're going to keep messing with us, we are not going to bring an event to this state that is going to put thousands of people in hotels, restaurants, and benefit things, we've got other places we can go with things. And just because, you know, essentially we're tied to Orlando with all the hotels and the park construction, 
we've got other business interests that we can very easily relocate elsewhere. No, we cannot have real-life politics stopping us from having our Star Wars. What's going on with Florida, Gareth? <laughs> oh, I know. Well, it's, you know, it, it's all basically uh, a regime said this is what our policy on, uh, uh, you know, I've, gender identities and stuff is going to be, and Disney basically paused for a bit and then came out and said, nope, that's not going to be ours. So they decided, okay, well, you're against us, so we're going to punish you. And then, you know, how it goes back and forth. You can't they pass laws. They, they retaliate. And I was going to say, you, know, you can't strong arm Disney. That's, that's not a good look. They will fight back. Well, you know, <laughs> it, yeah, it's crazy because they did something and now the governor's like, you know what? I'm going to toll the roads going in, in and out of the park and we're going to tax the hotels and, you know, they do this, and then you hear, oh, here's some new uh, laws that are on the books that are going to be coming, and you are going to comply to it. And it's like, you know, it's terrible because who really gets caught up in the middle of all this? The fans. Always the fans. Absolutely. And so, you know, it's a shame because at first people tried to, you know, kind of make this whole political thing about it, but then people stop. you know, you heard – Oh, Japan's too far. I can't travel that. But then people thought about it, and you started hearing things like they've got a nice convention center, several, very easily connected on light rail. The trains run on time. And, oh, yeah, that light rail track is right next to uh, Tokyo Disney. And there are parks there. They have two parks there. And there's a lot of expansion coming. So people are like, you know what? We've got two years to plan. Maybe this isn't such a bad thing after all. Yeah, and I got to imagine a lot of people would be pretty stoked to go to Japan. I mean, it's a pretty destination vacation kind of for people. And, you know, what better excuse than to see some Star Wars action and go to a Disney park? Uh, you know, if they ever have any problems and Florida wants to keep uh, doing their thing, then, you know, we can invite them down here to Washington or California. You know, they can come have their celebrations over here next time. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that's kind of the message you're trying to get out is Star Wars is universal. The fans are everywhere, and they will travel. And by giving a show every two years and telling them in advance, this is where it's going to be, this is when it's going to be, they can make their plans. Now, of course, you're always going to have to scramble to get tickets, so on and so forth. But from what I understand, it is not like San Diego Comic-Con where they're gone in 45 minutes. You know, if you're play if you're out there when these things go on sale, you got a good chance of getting it. Like people were telling me, even day of sure the saturday and sundays and all that were sold out but they had certain individual days that were still available right up to the show so you know make your plans get up and go exactly yeah i think getting tickets would not be that big of a problem if you're the person that wants to go especially to japan that sounds awesome another great star wars celebration in the books gareth we got a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline i hope none of it gets canceled I'm excited for the TV series. Thank you so much for joining us and doing all this research on it, Gareth. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Anytime. Take care now. Again, that is Gareth from Skewed and Reviewed, SKNR.net. If you want to find any more information about Star Wars Celebration, please go visit Gareth's website. It's awesome. He has way more in-depth stuff there. We have a lot to look forward to. More Mandalorian, more movies, maybe even more games after Jedi. But we'll have to wait and find out. And until then, stay nerdy.